Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Welcome back to another episode of Tis the Podcast, the podcast that's determined to keep the Christmas spirit 365 days a year. I'm one of your co-hosts. I'm Tom. I'm Julia. I'm Tony. And I'm Todd. Todd, Todd. welcome back. Hey, guys. It's been been a long time. It's been way too long. Way way too too long. long. But we know June is Todd month here in Tissa Podcast. Yes. The month of Todd. Yep. June. All month long, just this week. So <laughs> <laughs> this week only. <laughs> so, Todd is the host of Christmas Clatter Podcast. If you want to hear more Todd after tonight, go to ChristmasClatter.com. I'm sure Todd will have a good parting pitch for you on why you should listen to him. Hopefully. <laughs> but tonight, I've got to know who picked tonight's movie. That would be me. Todd, even by your standards, this is not a Christmas movie. It is will, a Christmas movie. <laughs> it it's more a of a Christmas movie. movie than some of the movies he plays uh, are Christmas movies. Well, tonight we are talking the 1997 uh, Russell Crowe, Kevin Spacey, Guy Pierce, Kim Basinger classic movie le confidential <laughs> am, am i pronouncing that right no yes it is yes you are la confidential yeah. um and yeah todd picked this movie i'm going to be interested to hear why it's a christmas movie from people but um just to kick us off this is a movie about corrupt cops in the 1950s in LA uh, with lots of murder and betrayal and murder and shootouts and murder. The more everything changes, the more they stay the same, am I right? (laughs) (laughs) This has our least Christmassy shootout that we've had yet on Tits the Podcast. Todd, since you picked this movie, why don't you tell us a little bit about your history with it? Like what, uh, what, what, yeah. Well, I remember when the movie came out and thought it was really good. Enjoyed it. Uh, It's got Christmas in it. So in my qualifications for a Christmas movie, (laughs) it's a Christmas movie. And uh, and, uh, I just thought it would be one of those uh, interesting picks uh, for for people that need a little bit of Christmas on the screen, but uh, don't necessarily want... uh, all the sweetness that sometimes a Christmas movie can have. So this I don't know what you're talking about. This is one of the sweetest mo- moments. It, no it, it, it does have sweet. It does have sappy sweet moments, but uh, it's it's. 
the one of the reasons I picked it is I, I just wanted to hear you guys talk about it because I just love the dialogue in this movie so much. <laughs> I do too. I do too. Julia, you want to tell us your history? Um, so I did not see this in the movie theaters, but I did see it. Um, I don't even remember, probably, probably in college because I rented it. I'm not even sure. Um, my whole reason for watching this is the Russell Crowe factor. I had a few very wonderful years of just infatuation with Russell Crowe. And so I watched all of his old stuff and this was one of them. And so it doesn't hurt Guy Pierce is in it either. I'm quite like yeah. Guy Pierce and a lot of the other actors. I mean, there's an outstanding cast. So I went into it, not really caring about the movie and came out of it saying that's a dang good movie. Um, so this one is, I mean, it won awards for good reason. And it's a, it's a great movie. It's very well acted. It's an awesome story. I'm a fan of this non-Christmas movie that happens to have Christmas lights and a few scenes that there justifies it as a Christmas movie in Todd's eyes. It just makes life easier like that. It just <laughs> makes life easier. I love it. There's no debate. Anthony. How about you, Anthony? Uh, I saw it for the first time a few years ago. And I love it. I love this movie. I was drawn to it because of the cast, the entire cast, not just Russell Crowe. There's not a weak link in this cast. Um, the story is tight and exciting. That's what she said. Um, <laughs> it's just, uh, you know, the atmosphere. I love movies set in like period pieces and I love the 50s as a backdrop especially for a cop movie, a detective story, that noir aspect. Um, because I love noir films, so this was right up my alley. I had no idea it was based on a book. I have not read the book, but the book has really good reviews on Amazon, so I may order it for some summer reading. Yeah, I think the book is a lot more dense as far as story, because I remember hearing that they really had to pare it down quite a bit to get it to movie form. Well, I, I, I read that the director, when he read the book, he was drawn not to the plot, but to the characters. Yeah. And I can see that because the characters are fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's, it's great. There's a reason it was nominated for Best Picture, Lost, mm -hmm. but it did win two Academy Awards. Yeah, lost the Titanic. What did it lose to? Titanic, I think. Yeah, it was the Titanic. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's to no chance. Yeah, Kim Basinger mm -hmm. won for but the she won Best Actress. Act Yep. Yeah. Supporting. And then Brian, Brian Haugland and Curtis Hansen won for best writing screenplay based on material previously produced or published. Well done. But it was Good nominated story. for best sound, best picture, best director, best cinematography, best film editing, and best music of an original dramatic score. Mm -hmm. I can see at it. At the Academy Awards. Um, I will say in advance, I agree with you, Tom. I do not consider this a Christmas movie. I also want to mention it did win the Screen Actors Guild Award for uh, Outstanding Performance by a Female Actor in a Support. And it won uh, Outstanding Performance by a cast for the entire cast. Yeah. Well deserved. Yeah. There's an award they should give out at the Oscars. Whole cast. Best Ensemble. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Best Ensemble. Why don't they do that? The show's already too long. The show's already too long. Yeah. You know, the show's already too long, despite them trying to cut categories this past year. Yeah, uh, yeah. They, they need to learn a way to smack that time down a little bit. So. They should do floating 
awards like the the winners just walk underneath and they drop their the award Taco down to them Bells. like the new Taco Bells. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh I watched this movie for the first time and that's my history. Like in the last days. Like today. Nice. Listen, for, for so long. I just want to say real quick before you answer that question, Tom. For a sneak peek behind the curtain, listeners, yesterday, the day before we recording this, June 6th, spoiler alert, we recorded our special bonus Leon Day episode. And as we were signing off for the evening, Tom said, I'm going to go do the homework in advance. I'm going to go watch the movie tonight. So I'm not fighting over it with you to tomorrow. What happened, Tom? What happened? I watched the movie before y'all did, so we didn't have to fight over it. Uh, My defense, I've seen it quite a few times. Anyway. This movie is based on the novel of the same name by James Ellroy. Who wrote The Black Dahlia, which I love. He did. He wrote The Black Dahlia, Street Kings, and Wonder Boys. Um, Okay, so this director is a fan of that writer then. Uh, Brian Helgland and Curtis Hansen wrote the screenplay. I mentioned them a moment ago because they were nominated for awards. Brian wrote Knight's Tale with Heath Ledger, Man on Fire with Denzel, 42. With Chadwick Boseman, may he rest in peace. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He was a TV writer for a couple episodes of Friday the 13th, the series, and he's got a few uh, things that have been announced and are being filmed right now, so. I would like to say two things. Uh, one, because I saw Julia's face. Yes, there was a Friday the 13th, the series, and there was a Nightmare on Elm Street, the series. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street was hosted by Robert England as Freddy Krueger. It was more of a creep show thing with him in the role of the creep master, and every story was like a different horror thing. Nice. Um, I like that format. And Friday the 13th had nothing to do with the movies. It was like a weird, like, occult gift shop near the lake. And, like, Jason wasn't in it. And it was just weird. Uh, But the other thing I wanted to say, speaking of Chadwick Boseman, since this guy wrote 42, Chadwick Boseman was supposed to be in the sequel to L.A. Confidential, which they were going to shoot in 2021. But he died. Um, He would have played a young cop. And Crow and Pierce would reprise their roles. It was going to be set in 1974, but uh, they shelved it after Bozeman died. Oh, wow. Oh, man. I want to see that. Yeah. Someone called yeah. Michael B. Jordan to get him on the role. <laughs> <laughs> man. Story. Uh, have any of you watched Killing It? Taking no. It? No. Killing It? No. no. It's the Craig Robinson show on Peacock. Uh-uh. No, okay, never mind. There's a scene where he's going to the bank to get money, and every bank he goes to, the uh, the banker loan officer he meets with starts talking about how much they love Jamie Foxx because you know they're all white guys, and that's the one black guy they could all think of. And I feel like maybe oh today that's become like Michael B. Jordan, right? <laughs> I'm excited for Jamie Foxx's new thing, Tom. You will be too. I forget what it's called, but he's play- it's based- they sit- described it as John Wick meets Blade. He's basically a John Wick type, but taking down vampires instead of fellow like was- criminals and assassins. I thought he was doing nice. Mike Tyson. Is he doing what? Oh, I-, yeah, I could see him like in a that. I as that. Yeah, I think he's doing Mike Tyson. Okay. That's what she said. I-, I don't think that's what she said. 
the movie is also co-written and directed by the late Curtis Hansen. Uh, Curtis Hansen also directed In Her Shoes, The Hand That Rocks the Cradle, Wonder Boys. He did an episode of Greg the Bunny, Eight Mile. I love Greg the Bunny. That was so sad. It got canceled after one season. So was good. He's done the things. He's also a producer and uh, passed away in 2016. Okay. The person I always think of when I think of this, when I thought of this movie that I had never seen uh, was Kevin Spacey. And I think when we talk about this, it's like, you mean the Kevin Spacey movie? And y'all confirmed. Um, Kevin Spacey uh, still has a career, which I was surprised to see he's doing new things. Mm-hmm. He's a because... fantastic actor. I was telling Julia yeah. before. <laughs> Everyone hopped on. Like he is one of the artists. He is an awful human being, an awful yeah. person. But I am. A, he is so good. I'm able to set to separate the artist from the art. Yeah. He's I, one of them. I thought about this, and I, I want to say this: Kevin Spacey's great in every role he plays, except real life. Mm-hmm. So just, That's uh, a perfect way of putting yeah. it. You know? <laughs> so, so just, just any, so if I say anything good about Kevin Spacey, it's just his acting skills, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. a blanket <laughs> statement for me too. Yeah. Phenomenal actor I, for sure. Yeah. I think that should should cover everybody. Yeah, uh, all of us on this. Um, Kevin Spacey. We have in... covered him in a Christmas movie. Oh, we did. No, yeah, the we rip. did. The rest. So I don't get the to rip. talk One about of my favorite. And Andy's in Fred Claus. <laughs> We've covered him twice. Oh yeah. He basically played Kevin Spacey in Fred Claus. He did. He did. He did. <laughs> you know who we haven't covered before in a Christmas movie? Who? Russell Crowe. Oh, yes, we have. But what? 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 I'm, I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. I was like, you just, you just said it with such confidence. I was like, I'm gonna take him. I'm gonna. I'm gonna play Tom for once. <laughs> There's no way he was. Uh, we've covered him, and he has a seriously. Uh, long career as well, going all the way back to 1972. Yeah, mm. this was his first American movie, wasn't it? It was, that in fact, right. his first American movie. Uh, he went on shortly after this to play his most iconic role, playing the gladiator I'm Maximus. Gladiator. Oh, I'm sorry, he's he's Roman, not Duke Maximus, and. Um, and he's in like Proof of Life, A Beautiful Mind, Cinderella Man. Three. Mm, that movie's so good. Yeah, it is. yeah, it is. Thor: Love and Thunder. Yeah, Robin coming Hood. up. Thor: Love and Thunder is playing yeah. Zeus. Thor: Love and Thunder. That's right. Les Mis. Oh yeah, he was the he was Javert. Oh, couldn't sing. He was Javert. Oh. Javert. Yep. Uh, yeah. Like so fun, fun fact and- about Russell Crowe, um, Sarah is obviously from Newfoundland, Canada. Russell Crowe loves that place. Uh, he stops over there on all of his transatlantic flights. He has, he's friends of a lot of the local actors there to the point he has guest starred in some of the local CBC series up there shooting in Newfoundland because he's so, That's so cool. friends with them. Yeah, he'll always be seen downtown. Like he's had layovers there, like got snowed in there, and he'll just uh, go to local pubs and like just drink with the locals and everything. Like they love him. Love he loves that place. Yep. Do y'all remember his character on, or the 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 satire they made of him on South Park? Mm-mm. He, he had a show. A South Park it's like, fan. It's like it was Russell Crowe, and he was 
I'm Russell Crowe and I'm fighting around the world. And he would just get off of a boat and start punching people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you should go watch what, that one. What's your favorite Russell Crowe? Gladiator? Yeah, me too. Yeah. yeah. I, I like Gladiator. Gladiator. I like Beautiful Mind quite a bit too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cinderella man. man. I mean, all his stuff for the most part's good. We won't talk about his awful Robin Hood movie, but uh he wasn't the problem with the movie though no he i mean he like he any a good, good actor in a crappy movie they're doing their best against he had that, all of he had that boat movie that was kind of hard to get through master and oh. commander yeah oh yeah it had paul yeah. bettany in it that one was boring boat movies are hard to watch yeah i can't be. <laughs> I tell y'all about uh Right before Christine and I started dating, she went on a date with a guy and saw the Mark Wahlberg, A Perfect Storm. I like A Perfect Storm. That's a rough date movie. At the end, the guy was crying and Christine laughed because she thought he was joking and he wasn't. And that uh, kind of ended things for them. I love that movie. There's something about 90s, 2000s disaster movies I liked. Like Twister, I love Twister. It's a great movie. Yeah, that's not a disaster movie. That's just a documentary about what it's like to live in Oklahoma in the spring, <laughs> and Kansas, and Missouri, and Missouri. I, <laughs> I was like, "Yep, that's just that's just life. Like everything. Like, just we all know those people. We all know those the all know storm chasers. Like it's just yeah, yeah. We had a we had a big thunderstorm come through just a few days ago. We dropped dropped like six inches of rain in thirty minutes, and we're like standing Whew. out on the porch watching it. You know, <laughs> streets are flooding and I'm out there ankle deep in the water and taking video with cam with my phone. And... <laughs> That's what you do. That's what you do. Uh, next up, we have Guy Pierce who plays Ed Exley. Oh, covered uh, Guy Pierce. Also, his first American movie, I believe, or close to it. He would, yeah, yeah, because he's he's from New Zealand. He was in some movie that I couldn't remember, so I watched this forwards and backwards and just random, <laughs> random points in time. Yeah. And I still couldn't quite put my finger on what movie I recognized him from. Yeah. Well done. Yeah, yeah. Well done. I, I actually have that movie title tattooed on my back, but I can't see it. So Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we stand up, bend over in front of the camera so you guys read it to me. So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and I think that covers everybody that we need to talk about, right? We've come well for the record, we've covered him twice on the show before. We have. What's the other time? He played Iron Man 3. Oh, Iron Man 3. Yeah, Yeah. I forgot about Iron Man 3. That guy. Abomination. Well, you guys talked about Danny DeVito before. We've talked about Danny DeVito. Yep, played the Hudgens. Yep, we have not talked about Kim Basinger. No, we haven't. The original choice for was that Catwoman? She, but she was she? The, she, she played Vicky Vale in the original. Also, no, I'm thinking of someone else. I know Annette Benning was one of the Catwoman choices. I forget who the other one was. No, she, no, Kim Basinger was in the, the was Vicky Vale. Yeah, right. Yep. Yep. Uh, we're forgetting one other person I want to mention because, oh, are we not going to talk about Kim Basinger? Are we just going to overlook oh. our. Okay, we can we can talk about Kim. I, I think we should. I don't want to. I, I mean, she she was the only person who won a war like an Oscar for this movie. So it's true, actor. and she was gorgeous in this movie. Yep, um, she's phenomenal. 
A lot of acting yeah. with not a lot of words. Or yeah, clothes. She was in movies like The Natural. She's well movies. clothed in most of the movie. Her mm-hmm. wardrobe in this is like. I was talking about how low cut a lot of her dresses were, which of course that's all Anthony noticed. Uh, She was in the movie My Stepmother's an Alien. The Real McCoy. She was in Wayne's World 2. She was in Fifty Shades Darker. She was also in 8 Mile. What? Our second second 8 Mile reference here. Black November the 11th Fifty Shades movies? Yeah, she's in Fifty Shades Darker. She's also in Fifty Shades Freed, but uncredited. Good. And she played the voice of. She she plays Christian Gray's former lover and his former Dom. Oh, interesting. No, I don't want to get into this. Oh, my God. (laughs) Dumb, dumb, so dumb. Dumb, so dumb. (laughs) Um. Anthony, and of course, you wanted, did you want to talk about who do you want to talk about? Well, before we move on from Kim Basinger, uh, Batman's my favorite. Vicky Vale. They should have brought her back for uh, Batman Returns. Absolutely. True. Um, yeah, I wanted to talk about James Cromwell as Captain mm-hmm. Dudley Smith. Yeah, mm. Most people know James Cromwell as that'll do, pig. That'll do. That's right. He's definitely a lot more. He's definitely just as murdery in this as he was in Babe. <laughs> he was uh, not murdery in Babe. He also, he did. He wanted to kill all the animals. But he, he wanted was, to kill Babe. He was he a Jurassic him. World, The Fallen Kingdom, which is easily the worst of the franchise so far. The Green Mile. He was the warden in Green Mile. And also he played, um, what's his name? What's Queen Elizabeth's hus- late husband's name? Richard? You played him and the Queen opposite Helen Mirren. Oh, I didn't know that. He's fantastic in it. That movie's fantastic, fantastic because I can watch Helen wait. Mirren in anything. Wasn't she married to Prince Philip, not Richard? That's it. He played yeah. Philip. He had a recurring Whatever. Role. They use the same five names for all their kids. I picked one. I took a shot in the dark. You had a you had at least a 20% chance. Exactly. Uh, he was also in a recurring role in 24. It was an American Horror Story Asylum, a fantastic part. He was in the 2003 TV movie A Christmas Carol as the Ghost of Christmas Future. Ooh. Yeah. It's because he's he, tall. The he, plays, he plays Brian Cox's brother on one of the best shows on TV right now, Succession. He has a recurring role on that show. Ah, he was in Star Trek The New Generation. Yeah. Um, Force be with you. He was also recently had some trouble when he glued himself to a Starbucks. Yeah, super glued his counter. hand. Starbucks, Starbucks counter, counter uh, demanding that they not charge more money for non-dairy milks. Yeah. Oh, all, I thought it was an accident. I'm like, how do you all, do that on accident? Of all the things to protest about, uh, well, he, it's 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 perpetuating the industrial the industrialization and torture of cows. For those of us who don't like milk, I just don't like milk because it's disgusting. It tastes bad. It's cow pus. There's so much pus that comes out. It's not even like you should. It makes my tummy hurt. Anyway, uh, and he was in a Christmas TV movie from 1980 called A Christmas Without Snow that we'll be covering later this year. Nice. 
he is also 82 years old. He looks great for his age, so. Sure does. Babe's my favorite. Babe's my favorite. Succession's my favorite. Yeah, I like oh. Confidential. I don't like, I like Babe at all. You didn't like Babe? No. Okay. I love too Babe. Silly and frivolous I to you. Babe in the city. Too boring. Never saw that one. Just boring. Too boring. Yes. Do you like Not British t- movies? Depends. I like Snatch Depends. and like Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. Did you like the Paddington movies? Uh, hadn't seen them. They're <gasps> amazing. You should watch them with your family. You will love them. We have. Yeah, them. they're really good. They're really good. Did you see Paddington's skit with the Queen for her jubilee? Yes. Like Ted, right? Paddington's like Ted. Yes, exactly like Ted. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just for a few other, just for one other or two other quick mentions. We've got Ron Rifkin as the DA Ellis Lowe and Paul Guilfoyle as Mickey Cohen. I wanted to say before we moved on from Babe, I like Babe. I love Babe, but Charlotte's Web is better. Is the story or the movie? I just don't like spiders, so I have to disagree. Babe is a Charlotte's Web light. I kind of like how Harry Potter Star Wars. Don't even, Tom. <laughs> All right. And with that, thank not, you so not, much for joining us. You come on our show. Have you? Uh, <laughs> Anthony, can you go on and boot Todd? <laughs> you're, you're the host. You have that ability. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I don't want to be the bad guy to do it. All right. So, uh, police corruption and murder. Lots of police corruption and murder. Police officer sleeping with prostitute. Second police officer sleeping with prostitute, more murder, and we're done. Did I miss anything in the movie at all? <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, aside from all of our main characters coming to grips with who they are as humans and trying to become better versions of themselves. I did not see Dudley Smith. I don't consider him a main character. Yeah. Trying to become okay. Okay, I was just gonna say I don't see him or uh, the <laughs> DA trying to become better people. Well, they they weren't the three that got their name typed on the screen at the beginning. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Well, and even Kim Basinger, for that matter. And I yeah. would say, well, yeah. So Vincennes and Exley and mm-hmm. White and Basinger, all of them, great arcs. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say I love that how we do this on our show. Because I do it all the time too, so I'm not calling out Julia. Character know, name, character name, character name, ace actress. I know, because I couldn't Lynn. remember. All I could think was Veronica Lake. That's yeah. all I could think. I'm going to say that the uh, uh, Curtis Hansen, the director, summed up how I feel about the characters perfectly when he was talking about the book and how he was drawn to the characters. He said, what hooked me on them was that as I met them one after the other, I didn't like them, but as I continued reading, I started to care about them. Yeah. But that's how I felt. Yeah. I don't necessarily like any of them, right? but I do care about them and I'm invested in them by the end. That's I liked I Bud White from the beginning. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't like any of them. Oh. That's how I would describe as they go on. (laughs) That's definitely succession as well. (laughs) That's definitely the characters on succession as well. But no, I'm with you. I did like Bud White. 
I liked Bud from yeah. the get-go. Yeah. I mean, he's got problematic. his faults for sure, but yeah, but I still just like him from the get-go. Yeah. I didn't like him by the end, though. So, what? so top, <laughs> he turned into everything he hated. I, I wasn't, a, I wasn't a fan. That, yeah, that I liked. A, that makes him a compelling. Too. Mm-hmm. No, like I. He have, was tortured by it. Tortured. I, Tom, one day you're gonna wake up and look in the mirror and realize you've become me, <laughs> <laughs> and you'll be tortured by it, and then you'll relate to this fun character. <laughs> <laughs> He doesn't have a witty retort for that. Sad. No, it just makes me sad. So, Todd, as you know, we are the most unprepared and unresearched podcast on the internet. I'm ready, dude. I was about. I was about to make your job easier. I was like, which is why now when we have guests, we have them walk us through the plot of the film and do all the work. (laughs) I'm joking, Todd. You, Tom, can do it. This is quite a complex plot to get through. It is. You could high note it though. Or one of us can high note it. I thought I just did. Oh, you did high note it. That was high, high, maybe, high level. Maybe yeah. left out just a few nuances. Yeah, that's a, that's kind of so like what Bud I was... White Bud White beats people when they hit women until he gets mad at a woman and hits her. Uh actually. <laughs> Uh, Exley is uh, career driven and narcs on like is willing to throw other police under the bus. He's a little slimy, he is slimy. Mm-hmm. They're all slimy, they are all slimy. Kevin Spacey is extremely slimy. Mm-hmm. This is a lot more earnest mm-hmm. to me than Exley, honestly. At the beginning, I like, yeah. Immediately, yeah. even though he's a scumbag, but it's different. It's yeah, it's well, more it's, it's more showboat, showbiz. It is. I even when he, Kevin Spacey's slimy, though, you like him. Yeah. Well, when he, I think when he was playing the part, I think they, he was directed to act like Dean Martin, and uh, mm. kind of kind of come across like that. So, uh, I can yeah. see that one hundred percent. Yep. Yeah. Me too. He did. He did act like a crooner. Yeah. Love yeah. those crooners. Does somebody want to walk okay. us through the beginning of this? <laughs> so at its heart, it's a detective movie, which yeah. is awesome. And I love that because one, I'm a fan of detective movies and two, they do it real, real well. Um, so we have the personalities Tom just mentioned, right? We have lots of slimy type cops. Um, it is the fifties. So it is what you think of when you think of a fifties type cop, lots of corruption, lots of racism, lots of corruption. Uh-huh whole lot of white cops okay and a lot of misogyny as well i would throw it absolutely right um our main main character would be exley he is the guy that's trying to make it he's following in his father's footsteps his father was a cop his father died in line of duty that sets up a pretty dang big pedestal so like literally all he wants to do is make it and he's not afraid to step on people to do it um, Bud White, on the other hand, also wants to make it, but is such a brute and really good at being physically a physical presence that he's totally not even addressed whatsoever to any skill he has other than his fists. And he yeah. uses them very effectively. Yeah. And people Vincent, think he's stupid. They do. Mm-hmm. And you could see why they would, because mm-hmm. he's very underutilized. And so that's like his albatross to bear, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which you don't even see until midway through the movie that he's really bothered by that. 
he has a glorious subplot where he is very bothered by violence against women. And we don't know why until the second half of the movie, when he spills the beans to Veronica Lake, who's not her name. I literally cannot think of her Lynn. name in the movie. Lynn. Lynn. Good heavens. Um, so he has, um, a real passion against protecting women. Um, and that's very important to the very beginning of our plot line and the big driver of our detective story. And then we have um, Vincennes, who is a mature cop. He's been around. He's definitely a cop, but he has been lured in by the lights of Los Angeles and money under the table for looking like an amazing cop. Plus he is a um, contributor to a cop show that's on television. And he is like, he's, he's completely enamored with, with the lights of Hollywood. And he's lost his way as far as being a tried and true cop by falling for bribes of that nature. And he buddies up with Danny DeVito's hush, hush magazine character. Um, so they each have their issues at the beginning. Um, but those issues end up being part of what makes them really effective in the detective story part of it. So the whole thing centers around um, the murders at the Night Owl Cafe. So this murder comes in to Exley and he's Johnny on the spot. He shows up and this is where our detective story really starts. Um, dead guy at the front, the dead um, cook at the front of the Night Owl, blood on the ground, whole bunch of dead people back in the main, in the men's bathroom. And something's hinky from the get-go. We know this by the music. Um, so the entire rest of the movie is spun around this cop story, this detective try, who done it, um, and how Exley and Vincennes and White circle each other because none of them like each other at this moment. Nobody likes Exley because he's ratted out a whole bunch of cops to get where he is. Nobody really likes White because they're terrified of him. And he's doing like backdoor deals with Dudley as just a brute. And then Vincennes, nobody trusts him because he rats people. I mean, because he, he does these silly, perceived as silly work with Hollywood. And like, nobody thinks he's like <laughs> legit. Um, Night Owl gets wrapped up in this Florida Lee, whatever your desire sex club that's run by peers. I can't think of his name. <laughs> By the actor I also love, Peter's. Oh, what's his name? Strahan. Guy Pierce. Not Strahan. It's not Guy Pierce. It's David, the one that, David Stratham. Stray, David Stratham. Stratham. Who I love so much. Yes, yeah. that guy. Um, he has a side hustle going, which becomes important, and where we meet Kim Basinger, where he cuts young girls coming to LA to be actors. He cuts them to look like stars, movie stars. Classic surgery, right? plastic surgery um, in most cases not with Kim Basinger though um, and they're prostitutes so it's like a high uh, what's it called high class hall girl high class call girl words are hard real hard <laughs> so we have the hooker with a heart of gold which is Kim Basinger right mm-hmm. um, so that starts to play in the night owl like what because mm. one of the people that died in the night owl was Bud White's old <clears throat> buddy um, so that brings us to corrupt cops, corrupt chiefs. Um, this Pierce guy on the side with these hookers is also dealing drugs. How is he dealing so much drugs with so many cops involved? And it all funnels up to Dudley, our police chief. And I mean, 
the DA and they're all wrapped yep. up in it together. Yeah. So how do three unlikely heroes who don't like each other bring down the bad cops, right? Because it's in, in the works of this detective story is where they all own in on their own weaknesses as cops and why did they really get into it to begin with? Um, so Vincennes has his, uh, wants to get back to the roots of what made him a cop to begin with, which is not the Hollywood stuff. Um, Bud White, what made him want to be a cop to begin with? He wanted to be a detective, not a brute force. So that's why yep. he's in it. And then Exley, he had his dad as his idol his whole life. And his dad was killed in the line of duty. And that's where, um, and that's where he finds his center again as well is I'm not going to walk on the back of cops. I'm going to do what's right. Even if it means, mm-hmm. even if it means sacrificing my, my own status to do it right. Put it all on the line. Mm-hmm. Who wants to talk about Rolo Tomasi? Rolo Tomasi is the guy that he gave a name to who killed his father. Yeah, and how much do I love that? That was like the knot that Vincennes, all he had to do was choop, undo it. Yep. And it all is mm-hmm. so wonderful. The story is so great and it's very tightly knit. And I love a story mm-hmm. where there are multiple points that seem unconnected, but you know, they're connected that end up connecting in the end. Yeah. And it makes me so happy. It's just, yep. such I a do too. and, and I love the fact, what makes this a great detective movie as well is so many detective movies lose their rewatchability after one watch because you know, what's coming. This does not, I could watch this movie multiple times over and over again and i have mm-hmm. since the first time i saw it and each time i'm still engrossed and entertained and like on the edge of my seat and that's what makes a good detective movie that's what proves it's a well-crafted story and movie and the characters are compelling that's how i feel Excellent. the batman with the riddler is gonna play the one that just came. yes big hopes big hopes yeah. yeah for most of this movie the, the three detectives were thought they were investigating three different things you know and they they didn't even think they was tied together and and then you know it wasn't until the very end they they realized how close everything was tied together and the rewatchability like anthony said is great because there's so much so many details and so many names of people that that come up and it's like you you almost need the two or three watches just to get catch everybody's name and everything that's going on and 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 that and then you just just see how it's you know so well written and tied together and and it's uh, there you know there are shootouts and some some action but the dialogue between characters is is usually so good especially that that first scene between bud and lynn is just terrific and i want to pick i want to piggyback on that real quick todd if you don't mind Mm -hmm. dialogue character for me in any movie tv show book is more important to me ultimately than the plot if you have a character i care about i can forgive uh weak plots or plot holes or lack of judgment common sense whatever if i care about the characters and they're written well and i really do care about the characters in this one i don't like them but i care about them and their journeys of self-discovery and i'm not saying the plot's bad because it's not this this movie had those characters well and plot well but i'm just saying like if you can really hit characters out of the park, mm-hmm. that's what makes a story really special to me. Yeah. You know yeah. what I think is telling about this movie? We're this far in and nobody has once mentioned the word Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like I just rested my case. I rest my case. 
Odd. Why yeah. do you consider this a Christmas movie? It's easy. I have a rule. If it's got Christmas in it, it's a Christmas movie. There's there's no debate. This opens up on Christmas Eve. It's beautiful for to to see the 1950s Christmas and the Bing Crosby and you know playing and so it opens up on Christmas Eve. So you know, then there's a little bit on Christmas Day. It does move away from Christmas, but I have a hard and fast rule. If it's got Christmas in it, it's a Christmas movie. I think if Todd took every movie he considers a Christmas movie, that's not like your big classic ones, and took the Christmas from each movie and edited it all together, he may one day have one feature-length movie on his hands. You know what, guys? I was watching. Thing, the, I was watching this movie, and this guy pooped on a Christmas tree, and I want to add it to the. Oh I want to add it to the uh, to the calendar. Is it? It's is a it a Christmas movie? Is it decorated? It's decorated. Christmas? Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's <laughs> Christmas. Yeah, it's a Christmas movie. It's a Wait, movie. okay. So I have a question for Todd then. Yes. You know, a lot of people, myself included, disagree with your definition of a Christmas movie. Right, right. Next. What would you say is the Christmas movie that is probably the one people disagree with you the most? Like the least amount of Christmas that you would call a Christmas movie on your list? Besides this one. Which probably probably Jurassic World, the first one with Chris <laughs> Pratt. What's funny is that's been on our list for two years, and I yeah. <laughs> we keep that, pushing yeah. it. That and He's when I say pushed. and then when I say uh, Tombstone, people are like, "What Tombstone?" I'm like, "Yeah, you gotta watch Tombstone till the end. It's a Christmas movie." So, oh the yeah, last scene? very last scene. It's Christmas. Do you consider Wonder Woman '84 Christmas movie? Yes, yes, I do. If it's got Christmas, because of that last scene. Yeah. yeah. Okay. War, War with Grandpa does not take place at Christmas time, but they have a Christmas themed birthday party for the little they girl. They do. That's so. more Christmassy than a lot of your Christmas <laughs> movies. In fairness, so it's a Christmas movie. So I, I just oh, that's a tricky one. Yeah. So I, uh, you know, I came up with this rule years ago because I got tired of debate. Well, it had this theme and that theme and this theme, and it's like, nah, it will just be done with it. You know, and uh, I feel that. Well, so, how, so easy how about what? What was that? Uh, that one Halloween movie we, we covered with the '78 one Christmas movie. She wore a Christmas sweater through the whole thing. Oh, and the that, the sequel to Halloween, yeah, the, yeah. from 2018. Yeah, yeah. So, so you would consider that a Christmas movie because her daughter wears a Christmas sweater throughout the whole thing. Yes. <laughs> okay, so follow up question for you, Todd. Of these Christmas movies, because that's a this is a wide net here. Yeah. Would you actually put on something like LA Confidential during the Christmas season to watch? Yeah, I probably would. Just you know, because there's just so many Christmas movies. If it was one of those times, because sometimes you just want something a little different. And I, I just I got that. I, I just think the especially this movie. Yeah, there's not a lot of Christmas in it, but the Christmas in it is so great that I could just watch that part a lot, you know, and, uh, but yeah, I would, I would definitely. See, I, I agree with you. Sometimes around the Christmas season, I do want something different because they do show Elf and Home Alone and all those movies I like mean, ad nauseum, but yeah. There are also a lot of other more underappreciated actual Christmas movies that never get any airtime that I would sooner pop in them. Well, it's it's kind of like life at Christmas time. Yeah, I'm at my house and it's all decorated, but then when I go to work, it's not. 
you know, and why not? It, because I work for the government. You can put Christmas stuff in your truck, right? Aww. No. <laughs> you can't play Christmas music in your truck on your iPod? Well, I can if I listen to it myself, but I don't want to decorate my truck or anything because it'll break down and all of it get hauled away. I'll never see it again. You oh. know? <laughs> it would be sad. <laughs> that makes me sad. So, you know, so it's like, you know, even though life at Christmas is full of Christmas, it's just like there's times that Kind of like uh, when we talked about uh, Lethal Weapon, it's like sometimes you just kind of forget it's Christmas time in this movie, you know, and uh, I don't know what you're talking about, because in, during the Christmas season, the only stuff I, I slack off all my TV shows and stuff because I'm only watching the Christmas stuff. Wow. So back to our movie. <laughs> As these three begin to come together and realize that they're all going after um well, they don't all realize because Kevin Spacey goes to con- goes to talk to the uh, to to yeah to the police chief to our farmer and um, whatever goes to talk to him and tells him you know I'm I'm onto something and he shoots him in the chest. Got to tie up a loose end. That's a gasp moment. Did y'all gasp? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I was not expecting that. Yeah. Yeah. I was not expecting that. Uh, then our reporter comes in to blackmail, or not to blackmail, to uh, release some information to let slip, quote unquote, some information that Exley is sleeping with uh, Vincennes, uh, not Vincennes, with uh, Bud White's, White's. The, the, the call girl that he has taken to. <laughs> Bud White goes to beat and or kill Exley and um sorry Alexa just went off in my ear and I'm not wasn't really sure how sorry about that <laughs> and Captain Smith uh after Bud leaves Captain Smith kills Sid Danny DeVito mm-hmm. gets gets mm-hmm. off again tying up loose ends Russell Crowe goes to beat Guy Pierce but Guy Pierce had put or at uh Bud White goes to kill Ed Exley um, and starts to fight him. Well, actually, first he goes and fights Kim Basinger because he's mad at her and punches her in the face. And then he goes to fight Exley. But Exley had just put everything together that he knows who the bad guy is (laughs) and convinces Russell Crowe not to kill him and instead to go after the captain. They uh, each get called and set up to the motel where they had filmed the DA. And it was a sting. It was a, it, a tryst with another man. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Vince Sands had had uh, hooked had had blackmailed him by by hooking him up with a man. Struggling actor. Photos, mm-hmm. And then the actor got his throat slit because he overheard stuff he wasn't supposed to as well. <clears throat> Uh, they go and they hang the DA. Russell Crowe, Bud White does what Bud White does and hangs DA low out of a window. Mm-hmm. Uh, where in the film, I don't know if you could see, you could see like the rigging to hold him up so he couldn't fall. Oh, did you? Yeah. He was convincingly terrified. I will oh, say. he was convincingly terrified. Uh, yeah. I think even if I were rigged and you were hanging me over uh, a building like that, I would probably be able to yeah. be pretty, I would probably be pretty convincingly terrified. 
Those were awful strong pants he had on. I don't see how he didn't slip out of his pants. <laughs> I, I, no, I don't. But you know, I mean, they just don't make things the way they used to, Todd. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, find out that it is, in fact, Dudley Smith. They get called, both get called to the hotel. Bud knows it's a setup. Um, and this scene is an amazing shootout scene. It is just. Oh, yeah. Uh, that scene where Bud pops out from this, the floor where he's hiding and just starts offing people with a shotgun. Yeah. Pretty rad. So great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Bud gets killed by Cromwell. No. What? He just get killed. He doesn't get killed. Bud's not dead? No. Did you watch the whole movie? I guess I stopped before the end. Okay, I thought Bud was dead. Never mind. He does not die. <laughs> he gets a happy ending. <laughs> oh, I, guess, I thought I, I saw the end. I guess... I got distracted by work. Okay, I'll pick that up. Bud gets shot, stabs Cromwell. Cromwell shoots Bud again, but apparently does not kill him. In the face. Yeah. And the the police captain thinks that he that Exley is so committed to doing whatever it takes to to get arrive. That he'll just let him tell the story and they'll all survive as the police come. But Exley, knowing that this guy has killed all these people and killed his dad, shoots him in the back with a shotgun. Shooting in the back is not cool. I would have made him turn around and look me in the face if I was killing the guy who killed my dad. But that's just me. Oh, well, I love. Sorry, Todd. Go on. That's, that's just a callback to the question that, uh, that the captain be asked him. To. If you'd be willing to shoot a guy in the back that you knew would get away, get, get yeah. away with it. So. Yep. I really liked the scene. Well, no, I I thought it was very. I liked how when the LAPD found out about all this, they decided to protect themselves and lie and say that he died a hero so they can protect their image. It's a big PR thing. Because that is totally 100% something that would happen in real life. Mm hmm. Well, yeah. and I liked Uvaldi. that Exley knew. Well, mm. I I could appreciate that they didn't completely shirk all of the stuff we hate about Exley in the beginning of the movie, right? Because people can have turnarounds in movies, but nobody ever completely turns from what they started off as. Yeah. And I, I can appreciate that Exley in the end gets his a little bit, but it's like the intent right because he's like if they're gonna use me i'm gonna use them right back yeah yeah at least the foreseeable future so i appreciated that as well yeah so i go back to my original plot synopsis murder 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 (laughs) cop sleeping with prostitutes murder murder cop falls in love with prostitute gets her out of prostitution and they go back home and she opens her trash shop Oh, she got her dress shot. Where the because the women in her town in Arizona needed fashion. Yep, deserves something nice. And yep. yep. <clears throat> All right, Todd's chimed in and said, "This is a Christmas movie." Uh, Anthony, is this a Christmas movie? A movie set at Christmas, or a movie that has a passing Christmas reference? I'm going to say it's a movie that is temporarily for three minutes set at Christmas. Before it moves on, Julia. 
I will agree with that. I'm going to say it has a passing Christmas scene. <laughs> well, I will agree with Todd in that the three minutes of Christmas we got was beautiful. I mean, you played yeah, Bing Crosby. How is it not? It was very nostalgic. Yeah. It was very nostalgic Christmas. You played Bing Crosby and you got it. I mean, they could have played mm-hmm. Bing Crosby and put up like garland in the men's bathroom around all the bodies. And we would have been like, oh, look how pretty that is. Well, did you see that? <laughs> did you see that bobble gar- garland around the picture frame and stuff when Kevin oh, Spacey's yeah. dancing? It's like mm-hmm. I had to like pause and rewind and pause that and like I gotta take notes. I need I need that. Oh, I, love it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I I I do wish it is a shame Chadwick Boseman died before they could do a sequel because like you said, Julia, the fifties dealt with racism and their white superiority and everything. I would like to have seen how this new rookie black cop how that played in the seventies. Yes. Yeah, oh, I yeah. think that been a really that. interesting yeah. story. That. Yeah, that's one thing about this movie is. I know it's set in the fifties and it was, you know, made in the late nineties. If it, this movie's dialogue, you cannot get away with it today at all. Mm-mm. No. And, and uh, so, if you if you decide to watch this, just be aware of that. Yeah, put that nineteen eighty seven hat on. Yeah. Put that fifties hat on too. The nineteen ninety seven set in the fifties hat on. Yeah. Because if we made a 2022 set in the 50s, that would be a very different hat. Yeah. Yes, it would be. Different hats. Uh, I feel like the the exchange between Captain Dudley and Exley at the beginning sets the stage for the entire movie and what these cops are like. Yeah. The mm. captain says, uh, Edmund, you're a political animal. You have an eye for human weakness, but not the stomach. Would you be willing to plant co- corroborative evidence on a suspect you knew to be guilty? In order to share an indictment, uh, would you be willing to beat a confession out of a suspect you need to be guilty? Would you be willing to shoot a hardened criminal in the back in order to offset the chances some lawyer would get them off? And he said, then for the love of God, don't be a detective. Stick to assignments where, you, where they have you. Mm-hmm. And lose the glasses. Yeah, at least get rid of the glasses. the glasses. I can't think of another man in the department who wears them. Yeah. I, liked, I liked Dudley's uh, line. We said we told him to go back to Jersey, Sonny. This is a city of angels, and you don't got wings. As they're beating the guy. Yep. Was it me or oh, noir. It, was it me or does his Irish accent get thicker as the movie went along? It does. Yeah, it does. Boyo. Yeah. yeah. He tra- he tends to anchor it with just throwing a boyo in. And a lad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but I I like that. I like because in real life, if you know people who have like are kind of like suppressing their natural accent a bit and they get more agitated or emotional or whatever yeah. comes out more and more. So I thought that worked for his character. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Did it have a Linus moment? Let's see you spin this one, Todd. Yeah, it had a Linus moment. Had three of them. So. Change of hearts. Yeah. You know, you had uh, Van Zant there at the bar where you left that fifty dollars there, and and uh, then you had uh, Ed, uh, Ed there putting all the evidence together, and then I think White's did it come after he hit Lynn, probably. Yeah, mm-hmm. that I feel like that was a turning point for him. Yeah, and then not killing Exley. Right. <laughs> Or maybe even shoving Exley out of the way in the house, right? Right. Moment of self-sacrifice. Yeah. 
I give Bud more than one because I like Bud. Yeah, Bud's definitely my favorite. Yeah, mine is what's his name? Vincent's. Vincent's. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mine's Bud. Bud. Actually, mine's Captain Smith. That, was that makes that. sense. That checks out. <laughs> Nah, like I said, I liked all the characters in this, honestly. Like from uh, when they were on the screen, they were always interesting and compelling and electrifying. Yeah. So. Yeah, I can't look away from Kim Basinger every time she's on the scene. Mm-hmm. I can't do it. Me either. Yeah. Oh, Anthony. It has nothing to do with the boobs. I neither does my. It was I oh, agree. Okay. I was I agreeing with I you. I thought that's what you were saying. Sorry. That's just a ni- that's just two nice perks. <laughs> On top of her acting. Oh my gosh. Stop, Stop it. it. <laughs> oh, pervert. Sorry about that, Todd. I'm sorry I was subjected to this, Todd. Right. <laughs> <laughs> At least we haven't I, given uh, Anthony the, the opportunity to run with reckless abandon about his love of infidelity with you around. I love <laughs> you're apologizing to Todd for this. I literally faced off with him in his Merry Melee, where my Hallmark movie idea was the most gnarly part in Elvira team up. And the tag was how that went? two big hearts, four big boobs, and a lot of holiday goodness. <laughs> do, you, do you remember how that went for you? Yeah, nobody yeah. appreciated my humor. Nope. <laughs> He he won <laughs> one of the judges. I, I yeah, I won the whole he show, won the whole thing, but not that not that category. Oh, no, I, I came that. back. I won that game. one. I won that one. <laughs> that was the only one I won. That's the. All right, where are we gonna wrap this movie? Uh, so it's not a Christmas movie, but I gave Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. A six, and I like that a little bit more. And that was not a Christmas movie, so I'm going to give this a five. It would be higher if it was a Christmas movie. Uh, I gave Kiss Kiss Bang Bang a four, and I liked this one more, so I'm going to give it a five. What did I give Kiss Kiss Bang Bang? Because my stuff's not loading. You gave Kiss Kiss Bang Bang a four as well. Then I will come in at a five for the same reasoning you all did. What about you, Todd? Well, it is a Christmas movie. <laughs> and you get to rank it higher than we did. Yeah. I wish it had a little bit more Christmas in it. But Me I too. will. Me too. I think I blinked during that Christmas scene. <laughs> I will I will say, you know, just ranking this as a regular movie, it would be it would be a high number. Yes. But since this is, you know, Christmas movies, you know, the amount of Christmas could play a, a role. Since this didn't have a as much Christmas as other Christmas movies, I'll have to drop it down. So I'll just uh round it off of a six. No, I thought you were going to go for a 9.9 or something. (laughs) If this was just a regular movie podcast, it would probably be around a nine something. But uh, 
I would agree with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that movie. puts that puts that number fifty six on our list, tied with Love the Coopers and Jack Frost, nineteen ninety eight, the Michael Keaton one. Oh, I love that one. Yeah, that's sounds- under Holiday Inn and just above Prancer. And that Christmas. sounds about right, actually. <laughs> yeah, I can live with that spot. Yeah, this is this is a really great movie, and the cast is unbelievably star-studded. You don't really see this too much anymore. No, you a, don't really see yeah. it anymore, unless it's a Christopher Nolan film, because he got yeah. every A-list actor to star in this upcoming Oppenheimer film. Yeah, and, and what what's crazy is it's. A, the cast is so star-studded, but when it came out, it's like Guy Pierce, no one knew, Russell Crowe, no one knew, and uh, you know Kim Basinger was kind of a joke. And uh, so, other than Spacey and Devito, it, it wasn't. But the you know those guys all went on to have great careers, and and uh, it's just from top to bottom, from beginning to end, it's just it's just a good 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 movie. Well- but, uh, I have a bit of trivia for you about how good this movie was because it may have lost everything to Titanic for the most part during the Academy Awards. But Time Magazine ranked it the best film of 97. The National Society of Film Critics ranked it the best film. New York Films Critics Circle, the Los Angeles Films Critics Association, and the National Board of Review. And that's all against the Titanic. But it is one of only three films in history to sweep all of those critics' awards. The other two being Schindler's List and The Social Network. So three very different movies. Social Network, really? This movie is drastically better than Titanic. 100%. Titanic's overrated. James Cameron, if you're listening, I hate you. I will not pay to see your stupid Avatar sequels. Get out of here. You're pompous. You're no better than everyone else like you think you are. Well, Titanic's better once you realize it's a time travel movie. Oh what? gosh! <laughs> you talking about Leo? It's time traveling in it. Yeah. Nice. Just like the Flintstones is better when you realize it's set in the same timeline as Jetsons. That still just completely blows my mind. I can't not <laughs> think that now. I'm serious. Every time I think about the Jetsons and the Flintstones, now it's all I can think of. And I tell everybody, like, do you know they're set at the same time? Probably. <laughs> well. Well, guys, last June I had made a promise that I would bring a movie that everybody would like. So I think I, I think I've you done did that. Did it? You did, did it. So next time it's I'm not a Christmas on, movie everybody likes, but uh, you did it. So uh, next time I'm on, I will bring on a movie that is Christmas from it. beginning to end. <laughs> wow. Okay. I'm excited Something... for that. <laughs> Wait, he didn't say that we'd love it though. No. 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 <laughs> Oh, oh gosh dear. his last christmas from beginning to end film who the patrick, patrick swayze. swayze one i brought you patrick swayze what more could you ask for that one was not rough. patrick swayze if that's what we got patrick that's swayze and carmen electra what more could you ask for oh yeah carmen oh, electra but that wasn't Standard even time. like peak carmen chris, electra chris Catan? i mean oh you're bringing it all back <laughs> Even on his best day, Chris Kattan does not is not something I'm looking forward to talking about. <laughs> I think my favorite Chris Kattan was probably Santa's sleigh. Re- really memorable <laughs> CGI. Oh man, that mall though. 
that mall was. Great. I still can't believe there's a mall that has a beach, a pool. That's insane. I don't. I don't believe it. I might have to drive up. I might have to drive up there and see it. I don't believe it. You're gonna have to do that. Next time, in, uh, next time I'm down in Pennsylvania, I need to stop by the King of Prussia Mall. That's one of the like, top three big malls in the country. It's like right by my hotel. I need to go stop in. I'm just too tired. Malls are, malls are overrated and they're on their way out the door. I love oh, malls. No, malls no. are nostalgia. Pure nostalgia. And they oh. may be on their way out the door because they are empty throughout the year, but at least all the ones up this way are still crazy busy during the holiday season malls are great especially at christmas time i remember mm-hmm. i remember years ago i took st louis's two hour drive from my house and there was some uh, christmas present or something that we wanted to get for my oldest girl so i on my day off i drove up there to get it and there's a mall up there like right in the middle of st louis a real nice shopping area you know kind of high end and i was in that mall by myself and it was all decorated like crazy it was just beautiful and they had the you know crooners playing christmas music i rode that escalator up and down four different times just to soak it all in because it was just so lovely and and great i just i just went up and down up and down until i just you know it was just fantastic you can't can't beat them all at christmas Hey, Tom, I just realized Chris Catan is in a movie that I've had on the list twice that keeps getting pushed. Oh, I, may have keep to, pushing it. I may have to stick on the list next year just because I know this about you now. And to make it, it's like a double whammy. I'm going to save it as ammo because Tom hates Chris Catan and Julia hates Rankin Bass. And it's the live-action remake of The Year Without a Santa Claus, the made-for-TV remake from 2006. Tom just, Todd just shared this beautiful moment, this beautiful Christmas memory that involved a mall and Christmas decorations, and you drop And Anthony hot. ruins that. Look what I'm going to do to make your life look terrible and awful. Ugh. I would never do anything to make somebody's life terrible. Listeners, stay tuned for our Leon Day episode. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Todd, Um, do you want to give a a shout out to to your podcast? Let people know what it is. Yes, I am a host of the podcast and YouTube channel, Christmas Clatter, where we celebrate everything that makes Christmas special. I've been on break for most of this year. I'll just say all of this year, but I will be returning very soon. And, uh, bigger better and more christmasy than ever so stay tuned christmasclatter.com and i would just like to say listeners if you have only heard todd on our show which i doubt is the case but if there is one or two of you do not be tune into tune into his podcast do not be put off that he called this a christmas movie because while he has questionable taste in what makes a christmas movie his podcast is pure 100 christmas and we'll give you all the warm feels i mean Thank he you. is brother christmas we've established he is, this. He is yeah. brother christmas thank you let's start using that for uh usernames on stuff do it do <laughs> it Go catch so, all of Todd's older episodes. You, you will not. You will not be disappointed. It is what, an injection what? of Christmas any time of year. And one of these days, he will drop the episode we alluded to earlier. 
Yes, I, I do have that in the works. It just somebody's audio didn't work. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> just put it. Just send it to me, and I'll put in the Charlie Brown stuff every time I talk. That's oh, probably all. Oh, that's, anyway. that's what it's. Oh gonna, my gosh! That's what it's gonna funny. have. To, that's what it's gonna have to be. I can't fix it any other way. So. Well, we learned our we learned our lesson about what uh, what tooling we use, right? Yes. I do not use that anymore. Uh, well, thank you for joining us, Todd. Listeners, if you want to do your homework, check Get Ready for Next Week by checking out the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air Christmas episodes. Uh, that is Season 1, Episode 15, Deck the Halls. Season 2, Episode 12, uh, Christmas Show. Season 4, Episode 14, it was the night before Christmas, or uh, it was the night before christening. I caught it. It was the night before christening, <laughs> and we are bringing on our friend Matt Urich for that one. And the following week, we are watching the New Girl Christmas episodes, which are episode or season one, episode nine, the twenty third, season two, episode eleven, Santa, season four, episode eleven, L A Xmas, season six, episode ten. Christmas Eve Eve. Um, Day before after that, the night before Christmas. Uh, <laughs> yay! <laughs> I love it when people sing from that album. Uh, and then after that, things go downhill. For some reason, we're interrupting our <laughs> TV month to throw in Fat Man, something nobody really wants to hear anyway. But we're breaking up. For, for whatever reason, we're breaking up TV month. I don't know why. Um <laughs> Yeah, if you want to tell us what you thought about this L.A. Confidential movie, you can reach out to us at linktree.com slash podcast and find all of our social properties. Instagram, Facebook, Facebook group, Twitter, and Reddit. And Instagram. Want... That was the first one <laughs> I said. I apologize. Tom, you were correct. I was wrong. I was wrong getting saved that's getting soundbited that's getting soundbited <laughs> kind of like the time kind of like julia's uh um, old-fashioned porn good old-fashioned pornography so yeah let us know what you think and if you want even more bonus content including some great stuff that julia and anthony have done because tom has not been able to watch any movies or tv lately except for barely scraping by on the podcast content check us out on patreon it is the podcast.com slash patreon and listeners i am going to work to get todd on for our follow-up rob zombie halloween episode oh boy <laughs> for the monsters hey, we'll uh, you just monsters trailer up. drops tomorrow what you, I thought you just said you don't do anything to make anybody's life miserable. I well, I, I, will <laughs> make, I will make the same deal with you I made last year. Last year, I was like, because I put you through that, I did a live watch of Arthur Christmas with you. So That's you could true. change my mind. So if you come on for Halloween 2, Rob Zombie's Halloween 2, I will watch another, do another live watch with a movie of your choice. So think on it. Think on it. Oof. Could really hurt in lots of ways. Mm. Hmm. All right. Yeah, I could do that. Also, Tom mentioned via Patreon, don't we have some exciting stuff coming up for our five year anniversary that uh, patrons are getting a sneak look at? 
maybe if i ever post it on there yes <laughs> we have a really cool new handmade tis the podcast blog limited edition we will have 21 of them for sale and uh we'll, we'll share that on patreon and social media in the next couple of weeks uh and speaking of our five-year anniversary y'all we have a fun show in the works with a lot of people contributing to it so stay tuned well if you're really missing christmas mm-hmm. as much as i am i have some good news for you there are only 4,848 hours left until Christmas 2022. That's 282 days. 202. Nope. You added 80 days to our countdown. Oh, it does say it. It's so little on my screen. 202. Okay. That's what she said. <laughs> Gosh. That's, that's 202 days. That's 28 weeks. That's six months. That's uh, that's six months. Crazy how fast (laughs) it's coming up. It is. It is. Bye. Todd, thank you. And Todd, Todd, thank you. (laughs) Todd, go ahead. I'm sorry. That's all right. It's like this month or this month, this year's just been been lightning. So really has. Yeah. I'm ready. It really has. That's right. I'm all for it. <laughs> well, Todd, thank you again. Thank you guys for having me back this June. And like I said, I'll, next time I'll bring a movie that's Christmas from start to finish. Bye. Feel- okay. <laughs> Dang it. I did it again. Go ahead. Sorry. Todd. You did it again. That's all right. I was just going to say, that's all I'm going to promise. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>